Do you practice a gratitude attitude? What are the benefits of practicing gratitude? How do you cultivate a gratitude attitude? You are definitely going to want pen and paper for this episode. So get ready and let's dig in. Hey friend, do you believe God is calling you to a life of more, but not sure what that looks like or where to begin? Are you navigating a big life transition, loss, or facing disappointment because life doesn't look the way you expected? Are you questioning your passion or even wondering how to love your life again? If you're ready to discover how you can become the strong, confident, resilient woman God created you to be, unafraid to chase your dreams or color outside the lines, you're in the right place. I'm Sherry Shipley, a Jesus-loving, motorcycle-riding mom, funny and loyal friend who's been around just long enough to have lived through some incredible life experiences, weathered a few storms, and come out stronger on the other side. It's time to let God light our path so we can find our way to live with great joy and purpose in spite of life circumstance. So grab your favorite beverage and let's dig in. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Well, I'm going to hit the ground running on this one. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us, Give thanks in all circumstances, for that is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That verse says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Well, how can you give thanks in the midst of the hard stuff? How can you give thanks when the person you love is no longer in your life? Or you're diagnosed with a condition that steals the life you planned? Does that verse mean we're to thank God for illness or broken dreams? Of course not. Let's look at that verse again. God doesn't call on us to give thanks for everything, but to give thanks in everything, in good times and in disappointment. Because regardless of our circumstance, God is always working for our good. Romans 8.28 tells us, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Because even in the midst of my overwhelm after Hurricane Ian, I constantly saw God's mercy. You know, getting my roof tarped was crucial to my being able to salvage and then restore my home. But there were carpetbaggers everywhere after the storm, taking people's money, doing poor work, and moving on. You know, I managed to get my roof tarped as needed, but within weeks after Ian, there was a threat of a second hurricane, and my tarp was already flapping in the wind. You know, the people who did the work and had guaranteed it, they were nowhere to be found or reached by phone. I was in a panic. You know, I saw a group of volunteers working in my neighborhood, Samaritan's Purse, they were called. I frantically explained my situation, and they promised to come by later that afternoon to help. Well, to keep this story short, those same volunteers who fixed my tarp later worked side by side with me to get the entire inside of my home, saving me $6,000. And then one afternoon, four carloads of people from my church. Now, remember, I had just attended that church only a few weeks before this storm. Well, they pulled up with sandwiches, water, and willing hands. They carried every bit of my water-soaked belongings to the curb for county pickup. You know, I could spend this entire episode recalling the kindness and the goodness where God showed up. He is just so, so good. So my point is, whether we get a happy ending or suffer a life-changing loss, giving thanks in all circumstances helps us see that God is always with us. 
Giving thanks in everything removes the fo focus off our circumstances and helps us see what we have, not what we lack. Giving thanks in all things gives us hope, even when life doesn't feel good. You know, in scripture, God commands us to be thankful. In Psalms 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Trust me, I know firsthand that choosing gratitude can be really hard, especially when you feel like everyone around you is living the life you think you should have. Ugh. Spoiler, spoiler alert though here, in spite of God's command for us to give thanks, he doesn't need our thanksgiving. So why does he tell us to give thanks in every circumstance? Because we need it because he knows what the power of gratitude does for us. All right, so you have that pen and paper ready. Here are six benefits of why we should cultivate a gratitude attitude. Ready? Number one, gratitude helps us see how God's working in our life, even in the little things. The more we thank him, the more we see him working in us and around us. Gratitude helps us sense his presence and then see how much he cares about us. And now my reference here is James 1, 16 and 17. Number two, gratitude helps us grow more like him. When we regularly thank God, we become more aware of his kindness. And then kindness yields great fruit, both in our lives and in the lives of others. Proverbs 21, 21. Number three, gratitude helps us exchange anxiousness for peace. When we pray with thanksgiving, we can give all our worries to him. In Philippians 4, 6 and 7, God tells us to give him our requests along with thanks and he will give us supernatural peace. All right, number four, gratitude creates joy. This is my favorite. Gratitude is the foundation for cultivating joy. A gratitude attitude helps us find contentment right where we are because we focus on what we have. All right, number five, this is kind of a bonus one. Gratitude gives us tremendous health benefits. Practicing gratitude helps you feel more positive emotions, increases our ability to recognize and enjoy the small pleasures. It reduces our stress and can even improve relationships with others in our life. And then number six, gratitude silences the enemy. The enemy knows the power of gratitude and would love nothing more than to keep us ungrateful. When we give thanks, and all things, we remove the opportunity for the enemy to sneak in his lies. All right, but I want you to understand this. A thankful heart doesn't just happen. I mean, face it, we're much more likely to grumble than be grateful, which is why we need to intentionally cultivate gratitude. You know, so building your capacity for gratitude isn't difficult, but it does take practice. All right, so now Let's discuss how to cultivate a gratitude attitude. And I'm gonna give you eight ways. All right, grab that pen again. Number one, daily gratitude journal. This one is my favorite. Keeping a journal rewires your brain to focus on the more positive aspects of your life and less on the negatives. It establishes a daily habit that reminds us of the gifts, the grace, the benefits, and the good things that we're receiving. But you know, here's the key. You need to be honest with yourself because authenticity is key. Now, you need to be specific, and I'm gonna give you some examples here. So you could write in your journal, I'm thankful for my family. And now, being thankful for your family is a good thing, 
But if you write in your journal on Monday, I'm thankful for my family. Tuesday, I'm thankful for my family. Wednesday, I'm thankful for my family. By Friday, you're going to kind of say, well, you know, I'm, I know I'm thankful for my family. I don't need to journal about it. But when you're specific, it changes everything. All right. So here's an example of that. I'm thankful that my sister invited me to dinner so I didn't have to cook after a long day. All right, I hope you see that difference there. All right, but I'm gonna actually take it one step further and include how it made you feel. So let's take that statement I just gave you and instead say, I felt loved or I felt cared for that my sister invited me to dinner so I didn't have to cook after a long day. So see the difference? Because the more specific we are, then the more we, we're just in tune with what God's doing in our life. And my reference there is Psalm 118.24. All right, number two, practice mindfulness. You know, do you ever focus on thoughts about the past or worry about the future? Do you ever drift down that what if path? Well, what if I hadn't had that conversation with Aunt Sally? Or if Aunt Sally hadn't said that, you know, and you're, you're giving energy and you're ruminating about something that has already happened that you can't change. So we need to be in, intentionally be present in the moment. Be fully engaged in whatever you're doing or whoever you're with. Be aware of your thoughts and your feelings, but without judging them. And when you do those things, you're going to be surprised how active God is in your day when you stay in the present. All right, number three, foster deep relationships. All right, now it's, it's not how many relationships that you have, but it's the quality connections that you make with people, with people where you feel understood and appreciated and valued, and, and with people who expand you and build you up. But you know, the flip side of that is you need to be willing to invest time to build and maintain those relationships. Be a good listener, show empathy, express appreciation for them. And, and again, you will begin to see God's goodness in the relationships in your life. All right, number four, self-care. It's easy to forget about ourselves or even feel like we should take care of ourselves. Self-care isn't about a spa day or indulgence, but it's time to nourish you, your mind, body, and soul. You can't pour from an empty cup. By taking care of yourself, you're not only increasing your own joy, but expanding your capacity to bring joy to others. My reference there is Romans 15, 13. All right, number five, cultivate a positive outlook. Choose to focus on the good, even when circumstances are tough. Reframe your negative thoughts. Believe in your ability to overcome obstacles and view challenges as opportunity for growth. And you will begin to see how God is growing you. He's there every day leading you and growing you. First Corinthians 1, verses four and five. All right, number six, watch your language. Start paying attention to the words you speak over yourself and others. Understand the power of your tongue. Watch what you prophesize over yourself. Proverbs 18:21. All right, number seven, we're almost there. Embrace failure. Failure can make us feel incompetent and inadequate. Embracing failure doesn't mean we're giving into it, but rather we're understanding it as part of life's journey. Learn from it. Use it to fuel your personal growth. This mindset shift can make a huge difference in up-leveling your joy and seeing the opportunities that God is putting in your path every day. 2 Corinthians 2.14 is my reference there. And number eight, give thanks. All right, now give thanks to others, but observe how you say it. 
Do you say it without thinking or out of habit or afterthought? How do you feel when you say thanks in small transactions like the cashier at the grocery store? Are you stressed? Are you absent-minded? Do a quick body scan. Are you already physically moving on? So pause. Take note before you say it. Can you name what you feel thankful for? Now say thanks. And then lastly, thank him. Be in a spirit of praise throughout the day. When our hearts are full of praise, our lives are full of power. And my reference there is 1 Chronicles 16:34. Phew. All right, you guys, that was a lot of information today, but that's it. This episode is a wrap. So remember, gratitude is the pathway to joy. So I hope this blessed you and I will see you next week. Hey, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's show, I would love for you to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. Not only do I love hearing how the show impacted you, but it helps other women to discover this podcast. I'd also love to connect with you on social media inside my Facebook group, Seeking Happy, Finding Joy, or on Instagram at sherryshipley.coach. I'll see you soon.